As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to the very first episode of your next favorite movie. I am your host, Josh G. And for this first episode, I just want to take a little time, give an introduction to myself, talk about the podcast itself and what I hope to accomplish with it. And then towards the end, just to give a little taste of what I like in movies, I was going to run through my top 10 favorite movies. So about me, first off, I'm just a guy that happens to love movies and I love talking and discussing movies with lots of different people. About a year and a half ago, a friend of mine and I, Adam, which if you listen to the intro to this episode, he wrote that intro. He wrote our intro for the other podcast we did. And he also happens to be a voice actor. So if you ever need some voice talent, check him out at adamantvo.com. But yeah, Adam and I started a podcast called Cinematic Blind Spot. And it was just that. We took turns introducing each other to new movies and we would like break them down, long form review. And we did that podcast for about a year. Eventually, we just got to a point where it felt like it was coming to start to feel like work to do it. Our schedules weren't matching up as well. So we decided to stop that. And obviously, I haven't, we haven't, neither one of us have done any podcasting for the last few months, but I realized I was really starting to miss it. But I knew also when I got into this that I didn't want to go back to just breaking down movies the way we were on that show anyway. And someone threw an idea at me to just interview other podcasters about their favorite movie. And I liked it, but I do want to take it a step further. So this will be an interview style podcast. I do plan on having other podcasters on to talk about their favorite movies. But I'm also going to get authors, musicians, indie filmmakers, actors, actresses, whoever I can find that's willing to come on. And if you just want to talk movies with me, that's just all I want. I want to talk movies with different people who have different tastes. An inspiration of mine to do this is Elric Kane. And as he once said, every movie is someone's favorite movie. And that's what I'm here to help try to get across. Because no matter what your favorite movie is, you come on my show, we're going to talk about it in a positive light. Because that's what I'm all about. I want to be film positive. With all that being said... I'm going to jump into my top 10 favorite movies. So anyone that's heard me do a list before, a couple of the ones that I've done before will be on this. But I tried to change it up because obviously we all have a ton of favorite movies. So we could change it up probably week to week. So I try to throw in some new ones so that if you've heard me do a list somewhere before, maybe I'll catch you off guard with some surprises. So for my number 10, from 1985, directed and starring Sylvester Stallone, this is Rocky IV. He could have stopped the fight. He could have saved his best friend's life. But now, the one thing he can't do is walk away. He's had one professional fight, and one man is dead. It's P.P. He's going to have to kill me. You can't win! Rocky IV, rated PG. Now playing. Check newspapers for a theater near you. I love Rocky IV because it's the ultimate 80s movies. Everybody knows that in an 80s movie, you're going to get a lot of montages, and this one is the king of it. And plus, what can I say? Rocky IV basically helped in the war with Russia, right? (laughs) 
No, I'm just kidding. But Rocky does make that point. And actually, if you heard the intro, you hear I get I have the speech on there. If you can change and I can change, we all can change. And and it's it's really a great speech he gives there. And that is part of the reason why I love it. Now, coming in at my number nine is a movie that I've noticed over the years has started to get a lot of hate. Eh, maybe not a lot, but definitely have gotten some hate compared to when it was released anyway. And that's because this movie won Best Picture in 1994 over at least two other movies that some people think are a lot better. Of course, I am talking about Forrest Gump. Paramount Pictures presents... My name's Forrest Gump. People call me Forrest Gump. The Story of a Man. Are you stupid or something? Stupid is, stupid does, sir. Who was good at just one thing. Life. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Forrest Gump, rated PG-13. Now, Forrest Gump, directed by Robert Zemeckis, of course stars Tom Hanks, Robin Wright, Gary Sinise. It's just, Forrest Gump is just the story of a simple man who happens to play an important role in a lot of events in our history. I can see why there's some hate. Also, I mean, I kind of agree it shouldn't have won Best Picture that year, but we'll get to that later. But I also know that for me personally, this is a movie that I can pretty much quote beginning to end. Like, I know I've been at places and I'll be quoting the movie and they're like, you're not even quoting the funny lines anymore. And it's just because I just quote it all. But, I mean... If you haven't seen Forrest Gump in a while, I suggest go rewatch it. And if you've never seen it, I definitely suggest you got to jump on that because it is absolutely a must see in my opinion. Now, for my number eight, I went to a movie I discovered as a child. I am a big horror fan. And this one, I could see where a lot of people wouldn't like it as much, but I have a lot of fun with it. And from 1987, this is The Monster Squad. Once upon a time, it was one monster per movie. Monster Squad, rated PG-13. So, directed by Fred Decker, written by Shane Black, starring Andre Gower, Ryan Lambert. It's just about five kids who have this little club. They like monsters. They're into horror, just like I was, so I connected with them on that level. And they start, and then Dracula comes to their town. So now they're calling themselves the Monster Squad. And you get some Frankenstein's monster. You get the mummy. You get, for what for me, was one of the scariest Wolfman I've seen on TV. I absolutely love that Wolfman. And he's still terrifying. And to me, he still holds up. And then, of course, you get Gill Man. But I think it works as good gateway horror for younger children. If you're trying to find something to get them into it. Like I said, just give Monster Squad a chance. It's it's a really good one. And now for my number seven. This is a film that was very relevant when it came out way back in 1995. And honestly, maybe even more relevant now. And I am talking about Tales from the Hood. A new place. Are you afraid? A new place. I've been waiting for you boys. For terror. Welcome to Savoy Pictures brings you a bedtime story that won't go away in the morning. 
Tales from the Hood. Rated R. Now, this is an anthology film directed by Rusty Cundiff. He's also in one of the segments along with David Allen Greer. Basically, you have Clarence Williams III, who is a funeral director. And these three guys come, and they're wanting to buy some drugs off of him. And he proceeds to tell them a bunch of tales. And like I say, they just have a lot of relevance right now in today's times. And I think it's definitely a must-see for any horror fan. Coming in at number six is definitely what was considered a classic horror film from 1973. I'm talking about The Exorcist. Something almost beyond comprehension is happening to a girl on this street, in this house, and a man has been sent for as a last resort. This man is The Exorcist. Rated R. Directed by William Freakin, starring Linda Blair, Ellen Bernstein, and then you got Jason Miller as the young, doubtful priest at the time, and then Max, Max Von Sido as the older priest to come in and is the exorcist. I've noticed in recent years it's become funny to talk about, or become the popular thing to talk about how much they laugh at the exorcist. But I watch this film and I, I do not laugh. I see this girl going through a lot of torment, a lot of torture. I see this mom going through a lot of pain watching her daughter go through this. And I, I, I personally do not find things to laugh at with this movie. Once again, it's one that if you haven't seen it in a while, I highly suggest you go back and revisit. For my number five, I'm going to 2008. And what is probably really the, the only straight up comedy on my list. And I'm talking about Forgetting Sarah Marshall. From the makers of Not Die. Are you breaking up with me? Go to Hawaii. Learn how to be single again. You need to get back on that board. If you're attacked by a shark, are you going to give up surfing? Probably, yeah. I'd like to grab some dinner, please. You just by yourself? Yeah. We've got a loner? Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, just clear the other stuff off. It's one man. Rated R starts tomorrow. Now, this one's directed by Nicholas Stoller, but I think most people just can put it in with the Judd Apatow canon, if you will. You had 40-year-old virgin knocked up super bad, and then this one came out, and I feel like it kind of flew under the radar. I know for even me personally, the first time I watched this, I wasn't that impressed. But the more I watch this one, the funnier I find it. This one has Jason Siegel, Kristen Bell as his ex-girlfriend, and then you get Mila Kunis as the new girl, because they have a bad breakup, sort of. They could both end up going to Hawaii. And a bunch of stuff happens. That's why I really don't want to give anything away on these movies. But I just highly suggest you seek it out. Because it's one that you might not have found as funny the first time around. And for that reason didn't revisit it. And this one over the years just because of all the constant small laughs. Not like gut busting laughs. But all the little things that are being said. Just makes it absolutely hilarious to me. For my number four. I am going back to 1988. What is my all-time straight-up action film of all time? Also doubles as my favorite Christmas movie of all time. And you probably can figure it out. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. This is Die Hard. They have already killed one hostage. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? High above L.A., a team of terrorists have seized a building. Oh! They're ready for anything except a New York cop trapped inside. Come on to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Bruce Willis, Die Hard. But all things being equal, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. Rated R. 
Now, directed by John McTiernan, of course, starring Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman. You know the story. John McClane comes to L.A. to see his wife and kids for Christmas. I'm sorry. That's really my. That's really all the argument I got to make. He's flying across the country to see his family at Christmas. You don't just fly across the country at any time of the year. And if you've seen the movie, you can see that John McClane doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would just fly across the country. So, to me, for that reason alone, that's the reason he's going is it's Christmas. That's a debate for another day. Everyone knows Die Hard. If you haven't, go watch Die Hard now. Now, my number three is my most recent film on this list. It's one that I waited probably about four or five years because I loved it from the start. And I wanted to wait. It comes from 2013. And I'm talking about Martin Scorsese's The Wolf of Wall Street. My name is Jordan Belfort. I started my own firm out of an abandoned auto body shop. This is the greatest company in the world! I know we're a little unorthodox. We're the new guys trying to make a name for ourselves. We don't work for you, man. You have my money taped to your boobs. Technically, you do work for me. This is obscene. It was obscene in the normal world. Who'd wanted to live there? The Wolf of Wall Street, they call me. Look, your hair looks good. For me, this is my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio role. I get a lot of people think it may be too much. Some people tend to say it glorifies what Jordan Belfort did. I don't think so, because I think you definitely get the highs that he got, but you also get the lows. Because I remember when I came, I went to see this one in theaters when it came out, and I remember coming out and just feeling drained by the experience from watching this movie. And I think, I think that was the intentions of Scorsese, but maybe I'm wrong. All right, for my number two, remember I talked about Forrest Gump losing out. Now, a lot of people would probably say maybe something like Pulp Fiction should have won. But I'm on the other side, and I'm going to go, once again, 1994, and go with the Shawshank Redemption. The Shawshank Redemption is riveting. It's my life! It's The Shawshank Redemption is powerful. The Shawshank Redemption is a great film. I guess it comes down to a simple choice. On every man on this cell block question. Get busy living. You get busy dying. The Shawshank Redemption. Rated R. Of course, directed by Frank Darabont, starring Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. I mean, it's about a man who's falsely imprisoned. I've seen some things where people say, well, is he really falsely imprisoned? But I think he was falsely imprisoned. And he spends, I think, 20 years in prison. And then it ultimately becomes a prison breakout movie based off a story by Stephen King, which a lot of people forget because it's not a horror movie. It's a prison movie. But so is The Green Mile. But yeah, I suggest if you haven't seen Shawshank Redemption yet because it's got a funny name or whatever reason, go check that one out. Now, Shawshank Redemption and my number one, I kind of consider interchangeable. On any given day, I might put Shawshank number one, but most of the time I put this one number one. From 1991, The Silence of the Lambs. The FBI Academy. You spook easily. A criminal asylum. Hello, sir. A young student of the criminal mind. I'm here to learn from you. And... The madman who will be her greatest teacher. No, no! The Silence of the Lambs. I'll have you catch me, Terry. Rated R. This was directed by Jonathan Demme. Stars Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster. You know, Hannibal Lecter, Clarice Starling. It's one of only three movies that have what they call swept the Oscars. Meaning it won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress... 
and best screenplay, whether original or adapted. This, of course, is adapted from the novel from Thomas Harris. You know, all these shows you see about people hunting serial killers and all the true crime docs that have become popular now. Well, this, I'm not going to say this was the first, but this one really made it popular, I think, because that's what this is about. It's about a young FBI trainee who gets sent to a very famous serial killer who's in prison. And she's sent there without her knowing, because if she knew, she wouldn't be able to do it. But to get help from him to help catch, catch another current serial killer. And I just, I find Silence of the Lambs to be a perfect movie. Another one. If you haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while, I highly suggest revisiting this film. All right. I, I just wanted to briefly go through that. I think that's going to wrap this one up. So be sure to come back next week as I'll have my normal interview type episode where I'll be talking to someone about a certain movie. I don't know what it's going to be yet, which one's going to come out first, but I want you to check back because you never know when that may become your next favorite movie. You guys take care. I'll talk to you next time.